Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new episode of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we are reviewing and discussing the Disney Plus series Ahsoka. We've got David from the Tatooine Sun podcast joining us. We'll be taking your calls as well. 314-931-5877 or text us at 84126. All that and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Star Trek from Star Wars, we'll try to explain. There are two adventures for one ring rolls and more. To be the greatest Pokemon master, you must catch them all. You must catch them all. Try to catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch And if you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. If you are streaming us out there on YouTube and on Facebook, hello to all of you. We appreciate you joining us there. And of course, as always, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form, we appreciate you finding us and subscribing there. Hopefully you subscribed. Hopefully you've left us a nice five-star review for geek to me Radio. We do appreciate that. It always helps us in search engine optimization, and it makes Joey V smile when we get a five-star review. So that always that's always nice to see as well. Uh, we are coming up on our 400th show. This is our 381st episode of geek to me Radio. So very excited. We'll have to do something very special for our 400th. I'll, I've got 19 weeks to plan it. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what exactly happens. Today we're reviewing Ahsoka. Uh, which, in my opinion, very lovingly, I say, season five of Rebels. And we've got someone special joining us today. We've got David from the Tatooine Sun on the East Coast in sunny Florida joining us to help review the show. David, thanks for joining the show tonight. Man, it's so good to be on here with you guys talking about Ahsoka. And I, I, hey, if you want to call it season five of Rebels, I'm perfectly fine with that because <laughs> that's how uh, that's how we look at it, too. So. Just so much to love. I mean, they just, I was, I was wondering what elements they would bring in and how they would incorporate it. And obviously everyone wanted to see Thrawn. So that was a uh, plus as well. Um, the live action Star Wars stuff, in my opinion, I know I've seen your, your takes on Twitter and you're one of, you're such a positive. You love all Star Wars. I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen you say a negative thing about any of the Star Wars series, which is so nice to see. Uh, you're a, you're a true fan. That's why I wanted to have you on here because I've got some nitpicky things. But overall, I think this was, in my opinion, um, Mandalorian season three notwithstanding. I'd say this is tied with Mandalorian for my second favorite live action Star Wars series now. All right. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And of course, you know, we've got a we've got a, a saying on the show and we and this is the way we view Star Wars. All Star Wars is good Star Wars, just just some of it's better than others. And so um definitely when uh when we think about Ahsoka, I would say that our opinion has been that Ahsoka is the best um content Star Wars content to come out in the Disney Plus era. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as the live-action stuff goes, it's really hard to beat. I mean, we got so, it was a love letter to anyone who enjoyed Clone Wars and Rebels and all the other stuff that we got to see so far. There was so much to like. Um, so for those, I, I've, I've had to prime people because they're like, well, I'm not as familiar with this character. I've been telling people, and you can give your take on this too that i feel like you need to see it at least the last two seasons of clone wars because that really develops ahsoka's character and i'd say if you can fit it in you kind of need to watch all four seasons of rebels really otherwise who's this guy why are they worried about saving him who's the chick with the goggles why is she on this it kind of gives you a lot of i think rebels is essential but you can get away with two seasons of clone wars what are your thoughts yeah i would say that at least go through the um the essential Ahsoka episodes that were listed on Disney plus um, in the buildup for this. And that gives you a little bit more. I feel like those were even um, more important after we got to about episode four or five Mm -hmm. of Ahsoka. And you had some of the flashback sequences that seemed to parallel some of those original episodes of the early episodes of Ahsoka. Um, I would, I, I often wonder if the experience for those that haven't seen rebels it feels a little bit like episode four of of Star Wars, like the original Star Wars movie, where it's talking about, you know, this, you know, the, the, the friendship between Ben Kenobi and his friend, um, Luke's father and the Clone Wars. And there's all this backstory that we don't actually get fleshed out. We don't know. And when we're watching the original Star Wars trilogy, it, you 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 want to know all of those things and you know that there's an amazing story there that you're wanting to see. (laughs) But at the same time, you sort of just accept that you don't understand that information yet and you just move forward in the story. So I'm wondering if people that didn't get a chance to watch Rebels that are watching Ahsoka for the first time um, might feel that way a little bit. And I'd be curious to to see what that experience is like for sure. And again, I want to open this up. If any of you are listening and want to call in with your opinions or if you've got thoughts on anything we're saying tonight, The KTRS phone lines are open at 314-931-5877. I'm trying to monitor the text, too. I'm very bad about that normally, and I apologize. I'm trying to watch our text lines. But you can text in an opinion at 84126. Um, The... I think everyone was thinking about Thrawn. I think we kind of knew that where that was going ever since Ahsoka appeared in Mandalorian. And she, that's what she wanted to know. Where is Thrawn? Um, we knew that was coming. And the fact that we got the same voice actor who voiced him was, I think a lot of people were like, oh, I wanted Benedict Cumberbatch. I wanted Matt Smith's name was thrown out. But I think he did a great job as Thrawn, I think, honestly. I, I think we got peak Thrawn out of that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Lars Mikkelsen was the guy we had pegged for this from the moment, but that's because for 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 us on Tatooine Sons, which obviously is myself and then my two sons who got into Star Wars through Star Wars Rebels. So mm. this was a huge moment for us. Oh yeah. Um, um, we when we when they announced Ahsoka and we kind of got the feeling that we were going down this path and and uh, because of what happened in season two of The Mandalorian, we we were campaigning lobbying you know putting out there that this needed to be Lars because he voiced the character so amazingly well in the uh, the seasons three and four of rebels it was a different feel for sure um and i think that that was intentional uh, obviously this is uh, approximately 10 years 
um, after the finale of, of season four of Rebels. And Thrawn has go been going through uh, things that we still don't really understand right. and know. Um, and he's he's an older Thrawn. He's a defeated Thrawn that doesn't want to admit that he's defeated um, by Ezra and by the ghost crew in season four of Rebels. And he's trying to make his triumphant return. And he's, and he's, he's you know, I love how even in the way that the costume choices that they made with him, where he's, he's all put together like you expect from Thrawn. And yet he's got frayed collars and, and cuffs and, and things like that um, with it. The, the hard part about Thrawn for those that may be uh, are coming into Ahsoka with Legends Thrawn in their mind, and they maybe hadn't watched seasons three and four of Rebels because it's animation, and they just don't see the uh, the connection. They're just that's not that's not for them. Big mistake. <laughs> and, and they haven't. Is that you? It was that you for a lot, or do I just say big mistake if they're if they're thinking, oh, it's animation. Oh, yeah. Yo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then um, if they hadn't read the novel stuff, I I'm of the opinion that Timothy Zahn's Thrawn in the Disney era, in this this canon version of Thrawn we have now, with all of the original tri uh, three novels that came out and then the Chiss Ascendancy uh, storylines and, and things like that, I think it's, it's the best version of Thrawn, um, without a doubt. And so I think that, that he was a little bit, underwhelming um in the in the second half of this of this series um i think that people are are sort of wondering what the big deal was with thrawn hmm. uh with this so i'll be curious to see how it goes forward because it's clear that the feloni verse and where they're going with this is positioning thrawn to pick up the same mantle that he had in the original heir to the empire legends um, storylines where he's yeah. coming back to resurrect the empire. You're going to have a band of rebels that are going to come in and have to stop him. It's going to be a different band of rebels because of the era that we're in uh, with this. Uh, so he, he's going to have to be developed significantly more. And I think that I, I want to see how they do that and whether or not we're going to have to be dependent on some of the novelization stuff for it to really work as well. Uh, Cause I don't think it, that, that was my only dis I loved him, but I do think it came across a little bit underwhelming at times. And to your point too, like the frayed collar, the way the stormtroopers were kind of, you know, had the different uh, almost looked like bandages around him. It to sure. me smacked a little bit of the Confederate army towards the end of the civil oh, war, yeah. which I thought a was a nice, point. I don't know if it was purposeful or what, that's just something I picked up, but I thought that was a nice touch. And I think we can see too, with him coming back, you know, spoiler alerts for those of you who may not have seen the whole series, he does make it out of the dimension. He were the, uh, the other galaxy. And I think, now we know where the First Order came from, because my first thought watching the sequel trilogy was, how did they get everything back together again? The Emperor's dead. They took over Coruscant at the end of Return of the Jedi. And now I can kind of see, oh, this is my, what might lead to the First Order. So I wonder if like, in if we're getting a season two or three of Ahsoka, if we'll see a, a young Lieutenant Hux, you know, kind of coming up through the ranks, which would be, there's so many ways they could go with this, which is another thing I kind of like. Where is it going to go? Well, we do get that touch of that at the uh, in the final couple of episodes of season three of The Mandalorian when we finally get um, back with Moth Gideon and this shadow council that is on Mandalore 
And um, I think that even in that you have uh, Brendel Hux as part of that Shadow Council, which is um, General Hux from the the sequel trilogy. It's his father. There's uh, there's have you had a chance to read any of the aftermath novels by Chuck Wendig that came out pretty early on? Okay. Those those start to set up what is happening right now. So I, I, I highly encourage They're actually a really interesting reads um, with it. They got a little bit of a criticism because the writing style is different mm-hmm. uh, by Chuck Wendig, but they're actually really good. It's where we get first introduced to, to Cobb Vanth, which makes oh, his okay. appearance in season two of um, of the Mandalorian. And um, there's this group that um, we that's where we get the Battle of Jakku. Um, at the uh, at the culmination of the aftermath trilogy of novels, um, and there's this moment where Ray Sloan, who's got a kind of a, a thread that's in a lot of the can- the novels that are out there right now, she hasn't made an appearance in in animation or live action yet, but she's a uh, an imperial. Uh, um, uh, uh, admiral and she's trying to piece together this group and there's others that are there and they actually at the end of the battle of Jakku go off into what we we anticipate is where Exegol goes mm. um, they go off into the unknown regions with that but what we also see now is that Brendel Hux um, is is trying to form um, recruiting new stormtroopers and things like that. And he's going to um, be bringing in Phasma and those types of things. So it was fun to see that at the end of season three of The Mandalorian. And then referenced, I think it was even in the uh, last couple of episodes of, um, of, of Ahsoka at the Republic sort of uh, council meeting where they were calling Herod a task yeah. for her. Uh, her insolence and, and insubordination with that. There's some reference to those things in there as well. And I like the fact that once again, we've got um, our, our friend and uh, Captain Carson Teva shows up again. Cause I was thinking about this Rosaria Dawson, who is now playing Ahsoka is the connective tissue in the Marvel Netflix series between Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Sure. And now Captain Carson Teva is that same connective tissue in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and now uh, Ahsoka. So it's really, I, I, I was so happy to see Captain Carson Teva show up. Paul Sun Young Kim is amazing. Well, not only is, is the character a lot of fun, and I do think that this character is seeing more prominence in sort of the aftermath of uh, the controversy with Gina Carano and her her departure right. from the Star Wars universe and the cancellation, it appears. I, never, I don't think they've ever officially said it was canceled. I'm aware of uh, but the Rangers of the New Republic, that was, I think, going to be a central part of this as well. That's no longer seems to be in place um, with that. I think that Carson Teva is going to be sort of that, that thread that's tying some of that together with it. But you're right. Um, I can't remember Paul. Um, Paul what's Sun his Young last Kim. name? Paul Sunyan Kim, he is such an amazing guy. He's such a great guy for the fans as well. The way he interacts with the fans um, on social media and just is just an amazing actor. So it's fun to see him winning uh, in the Star Wars story as well. And I was, I'm totally, I, I immediately, as soon as I said that, I have to apologize. It's Paul Sunyoung Lee. He plays Mr. Kim in Kim's Convenience. So there that's you go. There you went. go. I've been up since like five this morning, so I apologize in case Paul is listening. <laughs> um, yes, Paul Sun Young Lee, but uh, it's always cool to see him show up. Um, the new characters, I know some people were disappointed that some of the people didn't make the jump to live action. No one more so than the actors themselves. I know Ashley Eckstein, who voiced 
uh, Ahsoka wanted to be in the live action, but I I think she's come to understand. You know, all right, I'm obviously Rosario took the uh, the mantle there, but we did get uh, a couple jumps over. We mentioned Lars, of course, and I love David Tennant coming back to voice Huang, which was great. Um, but I was I was really hoping Taylor Gray would make that jump to live action because I had him on the show last year uh, to talk about a movie he was doing. And he said, man, I would love to be in it if it comes up. You know, I'm, I'm here. And but I think the gentleman we did get did a great job once you really saw him, especially in the second episode where he refuses to take the lightsaber uh, from Sabine. I, I, I really enjoyed his performance quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, Taylor Grace is, again, one of those very special actors um, and the way that he interacts with fans. I remember we were at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim in, um, I guess it was 2021 um, uh, with, uh, yeah, it was 2021. So uh, we were there and uh, my my son is, again, huge Rebels fan, his favorite Jedi of all time. So much so that when a Jedi showed up at the end of season two of the Mandalorian flying an X-Wing and getting out of the X-Wing kind of obscured. You couldn't tell for sure who it was, but he had a green lightsaber. My son was convinced and cheering that it was Ezra that was coming back from the unknown regions. And he was disappointed that it was Luke Skywalker. His dad was thrilled. I was thrilled, but um, uh, he was disappointed. But we waited in line for about 90 minutes uh, to meet Taylor and to get his autograph on our Star Wars Rebels season four poster. And uh, and he spent time with every single fan talking. Yeah, yeah. And so Taylor is an amazing guy. He did such a phenomenal job creating the character of Ezra Bridger, see, helping him grow up into what, what you know the argument can be made he's going to be one of the most important jedi of the post original trilogy era going into the sequels um with that and so it's fantastic uh, fantastic that that um that that character is coming back and that taylor had such an amazing role in bringing him out i know that he was disappointed in in not being able to voice that or to, to portray that character in live action but imanis fondi uh nailed it uh, yeah. In every single way, the little mannerisms, the moment we first meet Ezra when uh, Sabine is is there on Peridia and and they interact for the first time. And the and the there's that moment where he's, you know, they're 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 having that conversation and he's he's ingesting with Sabine a bit about, you know, it all worked out. It all worked out like they would in season four of Rebels. And then there's that moment where he stops back and you're like, it worked out, right? It, it, it's all okay, right? It was just, that is classic um, Ezra Bridger. And that was the moment that all of us watching it, at least, were confident that the character of Ezra Bridger was going to be in good hands going forward. Yeah, there's always that little bit of hesitation when they bring somebody else in, whether even oh, if they bring like a live action actor to replace a live action actor, you're always kind of like, oh, everyone always gets a little nervous when they cast new James Bond, for example. So naturally, fans, especially, you know, like we are of Rebels, we're like, oh, it's not going to be Taylor. Oh, interesting. Um, but I, I didn't dislike any of the performances. So please don't anyone listening take this as a me saying this wasn't a good performance. But I really don't see why we couldn't have gotten Vanessa in the live action Hera because she, I mean, put some goggles and some, uh, you know, I, I think she would have looked just as good as Mary did. But uh, again, no, no judgment. I just think she would have been an easy transition to make to live action, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that the reality is when you have 
Um, I, I, while I think that David Tennant playing Hu Yang is, you know, is, is contributes to this to some extent, that is a still a voiceover type character, right. um, in, in, even in live action. So him portraying that character is, is a lot easier of a transition. I think bringing Lars in to play Grand Admiral Thrawn kind of cracked that door open for a lot of people to start asking, why couldn't we have had yeah. Ashley or Taya Sakar or Vanessa or Taylor playing their characters here in, in live action? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always, you know, for, for fans that have a relationship with a character like we do um, with these characters from Rebels and, and just the voices are so perfect in that series and the characterizations are so perfect, you know, you always are going to ask those questions and why you couldn't have done it this way. Why couldn't Natalia Sakar uh, portrayed um, uh, uh, um, Sabine as well? You know, all right. of these things. Um, but at the same time, you know, these are the choices that they made. You know, we 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 love what Filoni has done, Dave Filoni has done with the story. And so I think we need, you know, and I, and I, I know you do uh, from what you've said as well. We have to just sort of trust that, yeah. that he understands what he's doing and why he did what he did. Right. And once again, if you are just tuning in, uh, we have David from Tatooine Sons is joining me to review Ahsoka on Disney+. Plus. If you've seen it, would like to give your comments, you can text us at 84126. I'm doing my best to keep an eye on the chat. Uh, so if you do send one over, just give me a minute to get to it. And of course, you can also call us at 314-931-5877. We're going to take a very brief commercial break. We're going to come right back in just a moment. And we'll be chatting more with David. We'll take your texts and calls if we get them. And we'll talk more. Ahsoka, you're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hey, what's up? This is Taylor Gray, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. May the force be with you, always. We are back. Geek to Me Radio, heard here every Sunday on the Big 550 KTRS, 9 o'clock Central. That's 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, for those of you who might be listening out there streaming us. Uh, before we go back to talking with David from Tatooine Sons, we want to make sure we tell you about the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, our official and premier sponsor for the show. They've got Legends and Lanterns going out for one more weekend, folks. If you haven't had a chance to get out to St. Charles to get axe-swinging lessons from Lizzie Borden, How to Spot a Witch from Abigail Williams, Sail the Seven Seas with Captain Hook and Captain Anne Bonny, all sorts of fun to be had. Learn how to tell stories from Mary Shelley, the Brothers Grimm, and Edgar Allan Poe himself. Go on out there to St. Charles. Check it out. We have one more weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday coming up that you can go out there and experience Legends and Lanterns. And then just a few weeks before their big Christmas festival starts up, of course, Christmas Traditions, the longest-running Christmas festival and the largest Christmas festival in the country, takes place in downtown St. Charles starting on Black Friday, going all the way through, I think, this year. It's going through the 22nd of December. You can check the website, of course, discoverstcharles.com to plan your trip. And a lot of people do come in for this. It's uh, every Christmas. We have people coming in from... we. Have people from Maine come in. We have people from Washington State. We actually have people from Europe come in for this because we've got all the international Santas, all the gift givers uh, from around the world like Père Noël from France and uh, Yuli, the Yule Goat from Scandinavia. It's a lot of fun. Bring the family out. Check out what there is to do. Uh, 
It's all made up of small businesses. The entire Main Street area, downtown, it's small shops, small businesses, local restaurants. You'll get some of the best food in the entire area if you want to go over there and check them out. If you're local, haven't been over there yet lately, you're missing out on some new stuff. They have new restaurants, new stores popping up, new things to do all the time. Start your trip on the website, discoverstcharles.com. That website, again, discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. We are joined again by David from Tatooine Sun Podcast. So I don't mess it up and not get to this at the very end, David. Tell people about your podcast, where they can listen to you, and uh, kind of give them a flavor for what you do. Yeah, Tatooine Sun's uh, the only fan podcast to name a canon Star Wars creature and to be endorsed by the writer and the director of The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson. And if you still want to listen to us after I said that, um, (laughs) then um, uh, we believe that pop culture is the mythology of this generation, that there is a story that's written on our souls and that these myths speak to that story. And that is why on Tatooine Sons, we talk about Star Wars, of course, and we talk about Marvel and DC and a number of different things like that. So if you're into all the things that you're into because you're listening to Geek to Me Radio, then uh, you should check out Tatooine Sons because we're talking about those things. We just released an episode uh, in the midst of our Ahsoka Breakdown series. Um, we finished up a eight episode series on DC's Kingdom Come comic mm. book series oh, nice. and culminated where my 18 year old son, super comic book fan, interviewed Mark Wade about DC's Kingdom Come as well as about the new uh, installments in the DC's Kingdom Come series that are a part of um, Superman, Batman. I can't remember the name of the series right now. World's, uh, finest. World's Apart. World's Finest. That's it. Um, with that, it just came out last week. So check that out. Yeah, I think for my money, I've said before, World's Fine is probably the best book coming out from DC Comics right now. Uh, it's just that fun, make make comics fun again was their big slogan in the 80s when they had Blue mm-hmm. Devil coming out and they had the Red Tornado miniseries. And I kind of feel like that's what DC is kind of getting back to a little bit with series like World's Finest. It's just Superman and Batman on these great adventures and uh, kind of set early days. So we have Dick Grayson as Robin. But yeah, for my money, Mark, May- Mark Wade is one of the best writers in the business still. Uh, absolutely and yeah check out that episode because in it he tells the story of how uh the last days of lex luther came about which is a really interesting story because it was shot down by dc for about five years before they actually picked it up so it's fun to hear Hmm. yeah he's again that that run of flash he had too i think i interviewed him gosh three years ago and that's what i wanted to talk about because that's such a brilliant run that he had on that comic Mm -hmm. book but you can't go wrong with the mark wade story i'll just leave it at that absolutely So we're talking Ahsoka and reviewing things, and I got to say, one of the, uh, not just one of the standout performances, because there were a lot of standout performances, but uh, Diana Lee Anasanto. Oh, yeah. uh, Just, wow, because she impressed me in this, the uh, episode we got of The Mandalorian, where she has Mm -hmm. that battle with Ahsoka. That's where Mando gets the Beskar spear. But then coming Mm -hmm. back in this, uh, she's right up there with Moff Gideon, I think, in our new Pantheon of Villains. And again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this yet, I'm sorry. I did not expect her to go out. I thought we'd get her for another season or oh, she'd I stick around. Too. It was sad to see. Yeah, absolutely. She did such a phenomenal job throughout this entire series, kind of going from where we we are, as you mentioned, you're being introduced to her in season two of The Mandalorian, and she's she's, you know, handled pretty well by by ahsoka in that and then we're introduced to her early on and it's hard to tell in in the earlier episodes who's in charge is it is it her or is it balin 
um, that that are are kind of taking the lead in this uh, scenario uh, with it. And so as we watch her character become more and more important with it, and then as she's transported uh, through uh, this amazing multi-galaxy hyperdrive system um, to Peridia, and she has had this connection with the Night Sisters. We find out she is officially a Night Sister yes. and, and all this. It was so much fun to watch her go through that transformation. And that was such an exciting thing that they brought in the whole lore of Dathomir, and they brought oh, it yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that they're going that way. The Night Sisters were terrifying uh, that we, when we did see them pop up, but that was, I love that callback because Savage Press is another one I feel got a raw deal in Clone mm. Wars. So I was glad to see the Night Sisters of Dathomir make a, make a resurgence. That was really cool. Uh, we've got a call. We have Emily on the phone, I believe, wants to give her opinion of Ahsoka. Emily, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hello. Hello. Thank you for calling in. What, uh, what were your thoughts on Ahsoka? Oh, I have so many thoughts, but I'm going to first. Uh, give a very honest uh, disclosure that I'm coming into seeing Ahsoka not having seen Rebels. Um, I know it's super bad, but I will, I will redeem myself and say I'm looking right now at my copy of the courtship of Princess Leia. So seeing Ahsoka and some of the, just the amazing characters that came to life in this series was just thrilling to me. I think David may have missed part of that because of the way the phones are connected through the studio. But yes, uh, she was mentioning exactly what you said, David, is that she had not, she's coming into this without seeing Rebels, which is very, okay. the very first thing, what you and I talked about. Yeah, I think I think that's phenomenal. So what were your thoughts on it from someone that hadn't, I, again, I didn't hear the first part of it. I can hear you now, Emily, but uh, what were your thoughts on it um, as, as someone who had not seen Rebels? Was it, were you lost or were you able to follow the story and was it more intriguing uh, for you as a result of that? Absolutely. So I say it would definitely, that it was definitely more intriguing, but I will tell you, I come into the Star Wars land uh, from the belief that we don't just have to stay with very specific ideas of Jedi and Sith. So like, for example, just the, the use of, you know, Ezra Bridgers using the force without using a lightsaber, just, you know, kind of going a different approach. Um, I, I enjoy that, I guess, element of Star Wars storytelling. Cause I think, you know, it, there's, when you're in, sci-fi land anything can be on the table so you're like all right we have witches like well that makes sense we're also living in a space where there are jedi and there are sith and there's the force i could see someone that maybe doesn't have that kind of perspective being like what is happening here you know we've kind of mm-hmm. kind of got a, you know the space whales and all the stuff that you know folks might want to say but i really thoroughly enjoyed it i think just being able to kind of play with more crayons in the star wars coloring box if you will yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be curious. Agree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, David. I'd be I'd be curious, Emily. Did this make you interested in Star Wars Rebels and going back and starting to watch that or Clone Wars or anything like that? Absolutely. So my big my big takeaway, honestly, watching Ahsoka is that I need to pick up the Thrawn novels. Um, okay. And the big debate of do I start with the older or the newer? Because I thought that he was just such an interesting character. Again, very different from some of the other villains that i've personally seen you know in in star wars so that that definitely was that you know kick in the shins of <laughs> i need to kind of dive more into that yeah i think i think the uh rebels does such a good job of giving us thrawn 
I would almost say you don't need to read Heir to the Empire and Last Command and everything like that because Rebels does a brilliant job of introducing the character that we all knew and loved. We were all thrilled because I think David and I grew up reading those. Uh, you know, I had the Dark Horse six issue miniseries of each one of those stories, and I was so excited when they announced they're actually going to do Thrawn in canon. Because once Disney took it over, they said everything in the extended universe, that's out the door. And they've been kind of bringing in little elements, which I think is, is great. And it's what it's what they should be doing. Otherwise, I think they're missing out on a lot of great stories and a lot of great characters that the Dark Horse extended universe, whatever you want to call, gave us. So now I hope, I'm still holding out hope, we end up getting Mara Jade somewhere along the line. You know, James, I have to tell you that immediately as soon as you said that, I'm like, so we're, I can hold out hope for Mara Jade. Um, so I'm, I'm very much, I would sign that campaign as well. David, do you have any thoughts on, uh, Mara Jade and why should the casting be Karen Gillen? <laughs> well, I think the casting is spot on, right? If, if Mara Jade comes in and it's not, uh, it's not Karen, then, then what's the point, right? Why are we, we're not even trying, um, at this point, I would say, I, I just don't know because of the stories that are out there about George and his opinions on Mara. Um, I just don't know if Dave's going to do it, but we'll see. And, and, and you know, you never know, right? Emily, did you have anything else, other parting thoughts, any characters that you liked, and uh, obviously Ahsoka, but that you're curious about the character, anything else is, uh, that stuck out to you in the series? Absolutely. I mean, definitely more of the witches. I think they're fascinating. Um, you know, they're kind of, again, and I'm coming in not knowing a lot of all the backstory, but, you know, there kind of seems like this interesting relationship between them and Thrawn and this kind of very odd power struggle where I could kind of see him not having as much. Um, so I definitely want to see more of that dynamic play out. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for hopefully more of that in the future. Yeah. And I think uh, that's one of those ones you're going to really enjoy clone wars when you get to the, the, the night, the, the night sisters and Dathomir and they bring Savage Opress and then general Grievous is sent to with a army of droids to attack Dathomir and the, the fight there you've got a, I, I almost envy you Emily because you've got, you've got so much to look forward to going back and watching those series. Oh, I will. We'll keep you all posted. Maybe we'll have a follow up once I get, once I get more of that stuff, uh, watch for sure. But thank you so much for letting, uh, Letting all of us call in, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Have a good night. You too. Bye. There she goes. If any of you else, anyone else wants to call in, again, open phone lines 314-931-5877, or you can text us at 84126. With the text, just include your name. Like, this is Emily, and I'm calling from Chesterfield, or this is Brian from Baldwin, and put your question in there so I make sure to give you a proper shout-out uh, on the air as we're discussing. Uh, as far as the future goes, David, what do you think as far as broad scope, what they might bring into this, what kind of, in your mind, what do you kind of envision? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, we're talking about uh, Mara Jade, right? We're talking about Thrawn. We're talking about um, the Night Sisters and Dathomir and all of this. We haven't even mentioned Mortis, which it, it closes out, um, giving us what so many of us that are Clone Wars and Rebels fans were hoping we would see at some point that Mortis was going to be making that transition into live action as well. And a lot of people thought it was going to happen much earlier in this series. And so it was fun to see it actually play out. Um, what I think we're seeing 
ties into something that you just mentioned as well. They they moved all of this away from being canon because they needed to clean the 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 play, you know the the, the slate and, and start with a fresh canvas. But Dave Filoni knows all of that stuff, and the other members of the uh, story group that are heavily involved in helping craft these stories right now. They love legends. They love all of these stories. And so by pulling in the Night Sisters, by pulling in Thrawn, by pulling in uh, Dathomir, by pulling in Mortis even, what you're doing is you're taking the best of all of those decades of legends and you're bringing that back in in a more clean way so that they can continue to tell those stories. And what I think that we're going to see in this is I think that the Dave Filoni movie that's coming at some point in the future is the culmination of everything happening in this Mandalorian era um, that's going on with Book of Boba Fett and um, the Mandalorian and what we're seeing with this and even Skeleton Crew, which obviously we haven't even seen yet with that. I think what we're doing is we're taking the overarching story of Thrawn returning to reconstitute the empire and be this unique, very different empire with a very different villain than what we had in the original trilogy. That's what's happening in this Filoniverse, in this Bandoverse. And so Heir to the Empire is being brought in in a, in a new way with that. What I think is going to be different with this is we can't have Luke and Han right. and Leia and all of these characters being your main um, protagonists of this. So what they've done is they've, you know, created uh, Mando with Din Djarin and you've got um, uh, Hera in this with, with it now and Sabine and now Ezra and Ahsoka and all this. They're going to be the primary protagonists of this. So as we get that story, it's going to feel very different and in some ways feel very familiar. What I think is very interesting is how by bringing in all of this Mortis stuff and talking about Dathomir and the Night Sisters and uh, Peridia being this time going back to the beginning, even before the Jedi with this, I think that the, the Dave Filoni film storyline, this all of this, is going to set up the dawn of the Jedi mm. stories that James Mangold is getting ready to tell in his series of films or film or whatever is going to end up coming from that. And then I think that what they're also going to end up doing is making this Thrawn world and everything happening on Peridia then translate into a post sequel trilogy era storyline. So then Ray has a new series of villains and bad guys to be taking on that are evil that have super, you know, with, you know, uh, supernatural powers and all of this, but aren't Sith. They aren't right. the Empire. They're not a re you know, here's Palpatine. Oh, he somehow Palpatine Again. returned. <laughs> all of this kind of stuff. So you're going to, so this is going to become very critical to tying in the future. And that excites me because it feels to me after watching Ahsoka that for the first time, the entire Disney era of Star Wars has a plan they're yeah. they're mapping it out now and i think that's very exciting going forward and of course we don't know how ahsoka meets her end or if she's still alive in the sequel 
era. So we don't we don't know that, which is also exciting because with a lot of other characters, like if Luke does show up in Mandalorian, well, we know he survives. You know, if they get anything else, we kind of know what happens. But with a character like Ahsoka, who is a very open-ended character right now, we don't know what happens. And I'm going to take another quick commercial break. I'm going to talk about another character that I'm very interested to see what happens and a lot of different ways that could go as well. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. We'll come right back again. We'll take your text. Uh, BK from Atlanta. Hi, BK. I appreciate you listening. Carol says, cool. Carol, I appreciate you listening tonight in the chats. Uh, Sorry if I neglected those. I didn't get to them earlier. We're going to be right back. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hello, this is Jim Cummings, and this is Hondo Knockout. Don't move an inch. You are listening to geek to me Radio, and I will be checking on you. We are back. Geek to Me Radio. I'm your host, James Enzo. I want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games. If you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, maybe you don't have a local comic book shop anymore. A lot of places have closed down. Uh, yours may have moved a little bit out of your location or you're listening online and your comic book shop where you are closed down, let Bugs Comics be your new local comic book shop no matter where you are. You can go to Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook, give that page a like, and you can also find him on Instagram, Bugs Comics and Games, spelled out all one word. Give the Instagram page a like. He's going to start doing more. He just launched that. He's going to start doing more with that, so you can start buying from there also. Uh, If you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, though, I highly recommend checking them out. Every time I go out there, he's got new books on the wall, in the case, in the long boxes. And to me, I know you've heard me say this before, if you're a longtime listener, it's not a comic book store unless you have back issues. He's got back issues galore. Silver Age, Bronze Age, Copper Age, new stuff, dollar books, three for $10 boxes, uh, something to fit every budget. And if you're one of those collectors who's like, no, no, I, I need some rare pieces, he's got some great, great books in his cases. He uh, Last time I was in there, he had the first Silver Age Appearance of Captain America, Avengers number four. He had a gorgeous first appearance of Punisher. A lot of nice books. And if you join the Avengers Club, you save money on your comic books every week. In this economy, don't give up on your hobby. Save money where you can. Join the Avengers Club. Save money on your new issues, back issues, your toys, your games, your bags, your boards, Pokemon cards, whatever it is you need. Larry's probably got it. Go out and see him. Bugs, comics, and games. Give their Facebook page a like. Very proud to have them as our official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. Uh, the voice you heard bringing us back from commercial break, Jim Cummings, Hondo Anaka. He's another one I want to see pop up, and they could do it with makeup. Uh, have Jim show up in full makeup as Hondo. I think that would be a crowd pleaser. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hondo is such an amazing, fun character, and he would bring a comic element to to any live action story that would be fun. And for all of us that loved him in both the Clone Wars and in uh, in Rebels, uh, the screaming would would uh, would be <laughs> intense when he showed up on screen for sure. One of the characters I want to discuss with you because it made such an impact uh, was Balin Skull. He was <laughs> such a mysterious figure. Um, we get the impression he's probably at this point a little younger than Obi-Wan, maybe. Um, based on the looks, we don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, he, obviously he trained at the Jedi Temple. He mentioned that. I'm curious who his master was. Um, is this his first Shin, his first Padawan? Um, and unfortunately, Ray Stevens died in real life because mm-hmm. my wife was watching the show with me. And when we watch a new show, she pulls up IMDb and she goes, ah, oh, 
he died. I'm like, yeah, I know. They've got to recast. They've got to recast. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, Ray Stevenson's uh, performance in this was was almost heartbreaking. It was so good, right? Because it, the whole time, for those of us that were already aware of, of his passing and, and everything, most fans were um, that were watching it, it was hard to watch because it was so good. And you wondered how they were going to deal with the character. And they, they I, I appreciate the fact that they didn't um, try to write in a clear ending to that character mm-hmm. just because they felt they needed to they are there they i think they made the decision to let things play out and to see how they can write that character into a into the story differently in the future um it could be a recasting in a you know look-alike type uh scenario which would would be you know i would be absolutely fine with everyone would be as well uh based on the on the circumstances who knows though with what he's there on Peridia 4 if his character can't make a transformation and be a very different type of character because he's seeking out Mortis. The last time we see him, he's staring off at these massive uh, mountain carvings of the Mortis father, the Mortis son, and uh, the Mortis daughter with her head uh missing in that image and so we know that that's what he's there for he said he had a voice calling out to him he said he's there for a bigger purpose and so who knows if he doesn't get just transformed into a different character going forward yeah um and his apprentice too great performance i kept thinking where do i know her from it was uh my uh the the spy movie with kate mckinnon and mila kunas i was like that's because she's got a very distinctive look Mm -hmm. and she she almost just the look she's aggressive without trying to be aggressive it's like she's got a little bit little bit frightening but i thought she was a great addition as well to these new star wars characters that were being given yeah absolutely and the, and it was it was pretty um uh compelling the way that her story basically ended at the end of uh the the 7th episode uh when Ahsoka was essentially offering her to walk away right. from this dark path that she was on and to be restored and to become, uh, you know, part of the family there with Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra and all of them. And she walked away from it. I I, I wondered if they were going to actually make her like the the predecessor, like the, the proto Knights of Ren type thing with those other people yeah. uh, on this planet. And, and I don't think that that's where they're going to end, but here's where it's exciting, right? We've got Shin, we've got Balin, we've got Night sisters uh, um, on, on, on Peridia. We've got Ahsoka and we've got Sabine now on Peridia. All of those characters could be put on pause while we play out this Dave Filoni universe yeah. and then brought in later on in a Ray story um, in a film later on. And that could be exactly what they're trying to do. And I think that that we could see if that that allows for them to have a very different Balin as well, because he could have aged up and, like I said, transformed into a different character. Yeah, a uh, lot to be done. If I'm going to be nitpicky 
And, you know, like I said, I, I always love that you're positive about everything Star Wars, which I know you and I have different opinions on The Last Jedi, for example, but there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. I know I saw the poster in the background. It's like you're purposely taunting me. That's okay. <laughs> but, again, I, I'm, one of, I, I'm one of those fans, and I wish more fans were like this, that if you don't like the same Star Wars I like, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, you know, right. I, I didn't care for Last Jedi. I'm, I love that you do. My friend Max Foise, who's going to be up right after us, Max on Movies there, here in another nine minutes, uh, he loves Last Jedi, and he and I always playfully tease each other about that. Right. Um, but one of the things I'm nitpicky about, it doesn't seem, I feel I feel bad for Qui-Gon Jinn, because it doesn't seem like mm. a lightsaber through the torso <laughs> does what it used to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, lightsaber's got a whole lot more... Um, uh, easy to deal with uh in the po in the disney era yeah. it seems like uh, with that so There's... definitely uh you know you've got to you're, you're like people are analyzing i've seen actual videos where people are analyzing well this is exactly where qui-gon was struck through this is where sabine was and this is where you know so, so uh, uh uh rava in uh in in obi-wan kenobi was so they're gonna be okay well this is why qui-gon died listen they just made a decision because they wanted to keep the characters alive let's just go with it okay right yeah. but you did I don't know if you've seen it. There's that meme of uh, from Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon putting his lightsaber through the door on the on the trade ship and, you know, opening it up. And then, you know, Sabine getting one of the chest being like, ah, it's no big deal. I'll be fine. Right. No so, biggie at all. Right. <laughs> but that, that's my little nitpicky thing. It's like, what happened there? Why Why does it not have the same effect anymore? Um, again, Qui-Gon Jinn, one of my favorite Jedi Knights as well. I wished uh, I was glad to see him little Qui-Gon in Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, that story was brilliant. And I wonder if we won't get, that'd be another way to bring Balin Skull, have another story about him too, is with the, the animation, obviously. Hey, to get a mm -hmm. voice, uh, someone who sounds like Ray Stevens and bring him back for that too. Um, yeah, who, I would love to see them show, as you mentioned earlier too, the, uh, who his apprentice or his master was, who is the apprentice. Of. I kind of want to, I want it sort of my headcanon right now um, is I want his master to have been Plo Koon. Because then that would be a connection with Ahsoka that would make it really interesting. Because Ahsoka's was was rescued or was brought into the Jedi Order through Tlokun. So yeah, I mean, there's just so much so much history, and I love the fact that they are working to tie things together. Like you said, I, I feel like for the first time there's actually a plan mm -hmm. going ahead, and I think. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are upset. People don't like this and that about Star Wars, and there's talk of the toxic fandom. But at the end of the day, if you see something you like in the Star Wars universe, there's plenty for everybody. And I think that there's a lot to be excited about now, whether you liked Ahsoka, whether you liked Mandalorian, if you, you're like me and you did not like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series at all. Mm. But there's something that there is there to like, and I think because of these series, there's something to look forward to, and there's something to be excited about. And I still think Andor is the best live-action series we've got uh, from Star Wars so far, but I would put Mandalorian and Ahsoka right there in my j vying for number two spot. Do you have a favorite of the live-action series on your own overall? Yeah, I would say that it's got to be um, Ahsoka for me because okay. of the Rebels connections um, with that. Although Andor is... 
is phenomenal, right? It's just, there's there's elements of Andor that feel like it's a phenomenal story and a phenomenal series and phenomenal sci- science fiction. Um, but there's elements to me that just don't feel the same as a Star Wars story. Mm. And I feel like Ahsoka captured that. I think what's amazing, though, is we've been talking for an hour and nobody's brought up Anakin and his appearances in this and the world between worlds. And there's so much in this series that was fun to talk uh, to, to watch and, and to be a part of. And I love the fact that Hayden Christensen is making a try. It's like John Travolta in Face Off. He makes, you know, start his career is coming back. We're seeing more yeah. of Hayden Christensen. And I do, I, I think that's the one positive thing I've noticed is universally, I've not seen any hate directed toward Hayden Christensen. It's Absolutely. been nothing but love for him coming back and bringing this character out. I'm really glad he's getting another bite at the apple on this. Absolutely. Yeah. He's uh, it's, it's been so much fun to watch uh, he going all the way back to his first like kind of return to star Wars fandom in 2017 at star Wars celebration in Orlando um, when uh, he uh, did a uh, joint panel with just Ian McDiarmid and him. And they talked about um, the prequels and mm. the, you know, their, their relationship and the fans just embraced him in such a powerful way at that. I think that was the beginning of the sort of the redemption of, of Hayden Christensen, um, which is, is important for uh, for star Wars to go forward. Yeah. And I, I think that what they did with that and having a younger Ahsoka and showing those flashbacks when she was in the world between mm. worlds, I think that was, that was all brilliant as well. We've we've run out the clock. We're coming up here on the very end of the show. Uh, again, I, I, I remembered. I was worried I wouldn't. But uh, to once again, tell people about Tatooine Sons, where they can find you and what they can expect if they want to tune in and listen. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. We just it's a dad and his two sons um, who basically the two sons grew up podcasting they were 16 and 12 when we started this thing five six years ago now um they're 22 and 18 now and um they they can argue me under the table uh <laughs> on any star wars or pop culture uh, items at this point um and we we tend to look at it from a little bit different angle than a lot of other things it's more less about reactions and reviews we do that um, but more about what's the story within the story and what does this story teach us about us and about life and how it, what's fun is I learn as much about life from hearing my sons talk about these stories as they learn hearing their dad talk about these stories. And so if you're interested in, in pop culture from a little bit different perspective, that would be why you should check out Tatooine Sons. And if you're listening to this after the fact in the podcast form, if you go down to the bottom of the page, we'll have a link to their socials there uh, so you can click through and listen to uh, some Star Wars fans who really love Star Wars. That's kind of what I love about the podcast that you guys do is it's it's nothing but love for the series, which I find refreshing. Uh, David, I appreciate you spending time on a Sunday night with me to break this show down. There's no one I'd rather do it with. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a real honor. Glad to have been on. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. There he goes. Uh, yeah, make sure you check that out. I apologize, too. We didn't get to our Kokomo Sun, our Kokomo Sun, Tatooine Sons, Kokomo Toys giveaway question. I had it on my sheet. Look at this. I had it right there at the top. I skipped over it. I apologize. We will do trivia again next week. Uh, for Kokomo Toys, uh, Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana, gave me this huge box of toys that I should be giving away for trivia. We might try to do, tell you what, if you're following me on Twitter, I'm going to do a Twitter giveaway this week. So make sure you're following me on Twitter at geek to me Radio. I'm going to do a Twitter giveaway. We're going to get a uh, toy package out to somebody here 
Uh, I'll put up a toy question, toy-related question, a very simple trivia question, and you will get a box of toys courtesy of our partners at Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana. Check out their social media because if you're a toy fan, my goodness, you definitely need to check out Kokomo Toys. It's a very cool store. I've been there once. I need to go back because it's something to behold. Uh, If you're a toy fan in any way, shape, or form, you really should check out Kokomo Toys. That's going to do it. Another show in the books. I'm going to see if I can do this without breaking. Oh, no, there it goes. I'm I'm an absolute. There's Joey V laughing at me because I'm a technical moron and I'm almost broke. I think we're okay, though. Uh, Thank you to Emily, who called in tonight. Thank you to David. Thank you to the City of St. Charles, Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. And thank you to Bugs Comics, Bugs Comics and Games in O'Fallon. Make sure you check them out as well. Uh, That's going to do it. We appreciate it. Next week, pre-recorded. I won't be here, but I have a brand new show for you anyway. Writer Ann Nascenti. If you're a Daredevil fan, a New Mutants fan, X-Men fan, I had a talk with Ann Nascenti. We're going to air that next week. So until then, my friends. This is Geek Tommy Radio. That's our show. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.